got that nerd rage. Nerd rage. I got that nerd rage. Heard you missed us, we're back! Keep talking trash, bitch. Hello! Hello, nerds! Other folks, pop culture enthusiasts! It's that time of the month again! Yeah, check your shorts, it is that time of the month for the droplets of knowledge that we will drop in you, on you. We are back, we're bad, I'm black, Sam's mad, this is... Nerd Herders, I'm coming to you. Not from Chicago. You know, we're Chicago-made punk. And I'm also here to... I'm not going to talk about the uh, trailer for a new Marvel movie that just dropped a couple days ago. I am here only to introduce you to my fellow Nerd Herders. Uh, joining me is my personal trainer and karate instructor, the Dragon of the Dojo, Mr. Damien Dragon. Oi, oi! And his better half, the best half, the best of all of us, writing her new book, her soon-to-be best-selling biography, Tell Me Who I'm Supposed to Be, a woman with more exes than Jennifer Lopez, Foxy Foxy. <laughs> What's up? That was awesome. And finally, who will kick off our show this week for this special episode of Nerd Herders, because we're chock full. The god of Wiener Villa himself with his, his faithful dog on the cover of his t-shirt. The man who brought us all together, Mr. Dan, the man, Kalachiko. Ah, I got a billing this time. I love it. Time. The times are changing. Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to uh, talk a little nerd news this uh, first. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and mention uh, the loss of a legend at the same time promoting Manic Mixtape, which is every other Saturday at 7 p.m., except, of course, this Saturday because uh, I'm not available. Um, so, uh, but look out for Foxy and I as we co-host a music podcast. I wanted to get that plug in to tell this, to, well, to also tell the story, again, the passing of a music legend, uh, I've saw I've seen a lot of discourse today, so I wanted to chime in as well as a drummer. Uh, the Rolling Stones, Charlie Watts passed away at the age of eighty. Uh, somewhat, you know, surprising. It wasn't really, you know, we, we all heard that the news that he was not going to be part of the tour, that he wasn't up to snuff, and he had medical issues, and he was going to take it off, and then heard nothing else, and. Here we are, and he's no longer with us, which is was kind of shocking, even even at his age. But I just wanted to chime in that it doesn't matter if he was a good drummer or not; he was the member of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I just wanted to get that off my chest. It's been bothering me all day, but well, he wasn't even that good. I said, "Yeah, but he was uh, in the Rolling Stones. Were you in the Rolling Stones? No." <laughs> and when you have the and when, you, when you're a part of the greatest rock and roll band, arguably, of all time, how good a drummer do you have to be between Ron Wood, Keith Richards, and one of the greatest frontmen of all time? You have to keep the beat. That's it. Those guys can do everything else. He doesn't have to be Neil Peart or even Dave Grohl. 
he's Charlie Watts drumming in a fucking suit in perfect posture. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. That's yeah. the other thing. People criticize Charlie Watts, but you want to know how to, you know, talk about my guy, Phil Collins. You want to learn how to not sit at a stool? Look at how Phil Collins sat in the stool and how the fact that he can't drum anymore because his back is so fucked up. Yeah. You want to know how to sit in a stool? Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts, <laughs> Charlie Watts sat and literally played drums for the Rolling Stones for 60 goddamn years. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. There's longevity for you. Um, and, and, and about how people say he wasn't that good. That man had groove that most people will never, ever find. Mm-hmm. That's just the way of it. So I don't want to hear that he wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> most people can't find that groove ever and sound like that. It was he didn't do anything complicated. He didn't do anything out of this world. He didn't need to, as Craig alluded to before. He just needed to hit, keep the beat and keep the groove, and that's all he did. But I wanted to tell this funny story that I actually just found out about today about Mr. Charlie Watts, uh, which explains the legend even further of being the drummer for the Rolling Stones. I don't know what year this is. I'm assuming it was early enough in the band where Mick Jagger thought he could do this, but. Um, so they're on tour and uh, they're at a hotel somewhere. Mick and Keith are in a hotel room. Mick calls up to Charlie Watts and goes, where the fuck is my drummer? Charlie Watts gets out of bed, shaves, gets dressed in his shirt and tie, pants, walks downstairs, knocks on the door, punches Mick Jagger in the face and says, I'm not your fucking drummer. You're my fucking singer. And then leaves. <laughs> And that is the legend of the great Charlie Watts. And I now throw it back to my nerd herders to take over the rest of the show. That's an awesome fucking That was a great story. Yes, that story has been corroborated by everybody, including Keith and Mick. Keith was in the room when it happened, told the story in his book. I'm not your fucking drummer. You're my fucking singer. That's awesome. (laughs) Actually, real quick, P.S. Yeah. I, I know Mick is revered. The whole band is. It's the Rolling Stones. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan, but it's classic. It's, it's, yeah. You know all the hits. It's the Rolling Stones. Yeah. But there is a, I, I implore everybody, if you really want to know who ran that band, yeah. look up the Craig Ferguson Rolling Stones. Yeah. Craig Ferguson tells an amazing, and I've, sh- I've shown you this story, Craig. He I tells have. a great story. About when he was writing one of his movies, how he toured with the Stones for a little while to write what would happen backstage and, and in the and behind the stage before the show. And during the stage, he tells in the story who actually ran that band. I promise you, you will laugh. And there's also a Charlie Watts impression in there, which is pretty friggin accurate, which <laughs> makes me laugh every time I watch it. I laugh when he does the Charlie Watts. It's perfect. But yeah. please look up Craig Ferguson, Rolling Stones. I'll send it to you guys after the yeah. show. Yeah, okay. he was yeah, an impeccable uh, gentleman, uh, man. And just think about this. The Rolling Stones, again, 60 years of rock and roll, the greatest songs ever uh, recorded, some of those memorable licks. They cannot start a show without Charlie. Charlie Watts starts the show. Yeah. If there's no Charlie Watts, they don't, they don't start with guitars. They don't mm-hmm. start with Nick singing. They start with the beat. 
and that's Charlie Watts. And that, that's I could actually attest to that because I saw them live. Yeah. Uh, three. Three years ago. About three years ago. Now, three yeah. years ago. Okay. Damien's Damien's friend and his wife they randomly called one morning and like we have a ticket, an extra ticket for the Stones. I'm like. <gasps> They asked him because it was close to his birthday right after. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I passed it off to her. I was like, look, I was like, yeah. she'll get more of a kick out of it. <laughs> yeah, let, so, let her go. Let her go. Yeah, I can definitely test. He he starts the show. Yes. Great fucking show. He's a drummer. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, our rest in peace, rest in power, rest in heavenly peace, the great Charlie Watts. Thank you. Uh, thank we, you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. We talked uh, before we went on the air here about uh, Nerd Herders, and you probably saw, if you're listening now, you saw the, the ramp up to tonight's show all, all over social media, on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook and all your social media platforms. We have a lot to get to. So, uh, oh, yeah. Damien? All right. So, yes, I'm going to try to keep the nerd news brief because I know the heart of uh, what a lot of you are tuning into. Oh, and and <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Oak nose. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, no, the Rolling no, Stones. No, no, no. Anyway. <laughs> Rest in peace, Charlie Watts. Yeah. Thank you, Charlie Watts. Okay, anyway. <laughs> -bum -bum. Yeah, every room uh, chat tonight will be dedicated news. to Charlie Watts. Yes. Yes, yes, yes exactly. <laughs> I'm going to try to do the nerd news as quick as possible, getting to our main topic, which, of course, we're talking about probably the biggest weekend in wrestling that we've had in a very, very long time. And we know it's going to get hefty because it's from four very passionate people uh, about about the business and everything like but that. But it bleeds into something else And as it well. bleeds into something else as well. That being said, let's deep dive right into the nerd news of the week. Kicking off in the month, um, Funko made... Uh, a lot of uh, people go bananas uh, when they drop their jingle all the way Funko Pop line. Now, that wasn't what drove everybody crazy. What drove everybody crazy that were fans of the film was, in fact, <clears throat> they did a complete replica, boxed and all, of the Turbo Man doll. Wow. I have friends that ran out that the day it released posted pictures and everything with the Turbo Man box and everything. Yes, actual size, actual, I mean, to the T, what you saw in the movie, packaging and all. So for those of you looking out, who love the Jingle All The Way thing, look, be on the lookout for as best as possible as you can. Who knows what's going for on eBay now? We'll get into that later as well. Check, try, try to find your Turbo Man doll for yourself or for your other children for Christmas. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. I'll say, uh, uh, Dame, if, if you're talking to all the Jingle All the Way fans, all five of them, I'm sure they're already gone by, <laughs> by now. Because when you said, well, Bruce, you said Jingle All the Way, I said, he's not talking about the movie, right? Yeah, Funko yeah. Pop yeah the movie. Oh, but okay. you'd be surprised. A lot of people were nuts I, for it and I, like, were just hunting I, for the doll. Uh, yeah, because the, the doll is more popular than the movie. Than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's about the doll, not the movie, of all things. <laughs> The only way I know it's from the movies is because the people talk about it, but you know. Put the cookie down now. It's the only part of the movie I know. Because of my vibe. Because of my because of my dose match too. Yeah, exactly. Um, fun fact, uh Arsenio, uh it was Arnold wanted to do that movie with Arsenio. He couldn't do it because of the show uh at the time. But when um when Arsenio left the Arsenio Hall show, Arnold in a farewell video 
thanked him and a whole bunch of celebrities were thanking him and told maybe now that you have some time off, we could do a movie together. And so Jingle All the Way was for Arsenio. Hmm. Sinbad did an amazing job in it. Sinbad was hilarious in it. Okay. All right, moving on to the next next bit of news, which kind of didn't really get the reception people were hoping for. Uh, the Netflix uh, 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 Netflix version of The Adams Family has cast its uh, Morticia and Gomez. Morticia will be played by Catherine Zeta-Jones, mm-hmm. and Gomez will be played by Luis Guzman. So obviously they're going with the actual Latin descent because of the whole you know thing and everything like that. So, but apparently it uh, didn't meet with a lot of um, a lot of fanfare, and I know someone very close to me and near and dear to me wasn't very happy. It's surprising because you know they actually like Luis Guzman, but someone here was not very happy about no. the casting. That would be me. I can see where they're going with it. They're going more towards what the original comic looked like. You know, Gomez right. was short and stocky, kind of mm. big. You know, I, I get it. I, I get where they're going with it, which I can respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I the, the issue I think a lot of people had, as well as mine, mm-hmm. was more so the fact that, you know, Raul Julia really set that standard for really Gomez. Did. Adam, way, really did. Way, you know? way high. Yes. You know, as far high. as as far as acting, but as well as looks. Like yes. he like he created a standard. He, he created, created a whole new standard. He created a whole new Gomez and a whole new standard. And yes, mm-hmm. we shouldn't be nitpicky as fans. I've talked about this so many times on these shows. But I mean, it, it's not more so nitpicky, because again, mm-hmm. I can tell I appreciate and respect that they're going with the original content yeah. for the Adams family especially because this is more focused on Wednesday not the family as a whole right but again when you have someone like Raul Julia take a character that was already known and make it bigger yes. than what it was that's mm-hmm. the new standard that's the Gomez no long that's now that's even, the content beyond the comic even down to like even down to the Morticia and, and Christina Ricci's Wednesday Adams like the the three of them really created a standard yeah. uh, in the movies. You know, Pugsley, Pugsley is always kind of a second fiddle character and everybody else is, but, it, but it's always been Morticia, mm-hmm. Wednesday, and Gomez. And, Gomez. Yeah. and that's the main three that they talk, talked about and casted yeah. and like that. And they created such a high standard. I mean, I hope it's, I love Louis Guzman. I think he's hilarious. I'm mm-hmm. curious and interested to see his take on yes. the character oh, for sure. Because yeah. the guy's hilarious. Yeah. The guy I, is absolutely funny. Uh, and I've seen him do other, like, more serious stuff and everything like that. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows what this would bring? I, yes. I personally, I was hoping it would be John Leguizamo. And a part of me was hoping they would reunite the uh, uh, cast of Zorro and have Antonio Banderas. Mm. Yeah, that's that could have been a good one, too. Yeah, yeah definitely. That would have been, yeah. been so good. That, that's I how I saw Antonio, Gomez. I could have definitely seen Antonio nearly close to what yeah. Raul Julia oh, did. I could definitely see that. You see, like un- unlike the internet bandwagon that wanted depth, I was yeah. I was anti-depth when it yeah. came to Adam's family. No. I was pro um I forgot her name. Catherine Data Jones. Uh no, they had there was oh. another one in line for uh, it. Eva Green. Eva I was Green. pro Eva, Eva Green, Green as okay. Morticia. Um <laughs> more so based on you know her previous work like when she had done um, Dark Shadows, Penny Dreadful. I I feel she would have definitely fit a Morticia role, but yeah. you know, with, with Cass, Catherine Zeta Jones almost reemerging back into a spotlight because yeah. she's taken a lot of time mm-hmm. off. 
I'm intrigued. I think yes, she can pull it off. She has the right. She has the body. Has so. eyes. Yes. Yeah. So it's just a matter of let's yes. see how well the and, acting goes because you know you, she takes yes. a lot of time away. And that's the thing too. She's got no pun intended. She's got yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes. As you were In talking about Raul Julius Gomez. Angelica Houston knocked it out of the park. As Absolutely, yeah. she was the, she was without a doubt like the absolute matriarch in that. Like yeah. it mm-hmm. was like she was perfect, you know. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. Time will tell. As Maybe. long as it's better than that cartoon adaptation, yeah. I'm and the there. sequel out, cartoon adaptation, yeah. which we're and not getting long, into. And as long as there's no Adam Family rap part two, I'm fine. All right, yeah. moving on to the next nerd news tidbit. Uh, we'd be remiss again. We had mentioned earlier, you know, unfortunately, COVID's still a thing and still out there, and it is affecting things. There has been an update to the safety standards for New York Comic Con coming up very soon. So if you have your Comic Con tickets and have not seen this, you may want to listen up. Very, very important. Okay, New York Comic Con has updated their guideline, their health guidelines for New York Comic Con. One, you must have proof of full vaccination for ages 12 and up. Uh, two, you must have proof of uh, negative antigen slash COVID test for anybody 12 and under. And everyone must wear a mask during the entire time you are at Comic Con. Okay. A lot of, oh my God. <laughs> a lot of a lot of cons uh have taken these initiatives. I know um Dragon Con has, I believe Emerald City Comic Con has as well. Anything that is coming up, these are their basic requirements. A lot of fans attending have asked for a further um a further like preventative thing. Uh they're suggesting wristbands in different colors to mm. signify, okay, like for example, if you're fully vaccinated. I like that. And you show your card, they give you like a blue, a, one. a blue one. And then it's like, I'm not vaccinated, but I'm negative. You get a pink one. And, you know, in order to help properly navigate, all right, you're not vaccinated. So I'll, you know, I'll keep my six feet, you know, just more preventative measures. Yeah. Of course, these are things that fans and attendees are requesting that cons haven't really cared to look at or consider or yeah. implement yet but you know the the attendees themselves are actually taking further initiative yeah. which is awesome to see because it, it's a shitty thing that's going on with covid but it, you, you see these groups of people coming together trying to try to make it better because they want these things back yeah. and that's really awesome to and, see. and i know we've taken our fair share shots at those that run new york comic-con and everything like that but <laughs> shots <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, kudos to you guys for stepping up, trying to do something like that. Also, I noticed a couple of indie shows. ECWA just put out uh, their September show. Everyone's required to wear masks and everything like that. So those that are still running events are now making it a full requirement. It's like, look, you got to wear your masks. And that's it. So I know I know I know of a few people uh, who got sick at one of their shows early on, like when Mm. lockdowns were still kind of spotty and i was like i mean yeah, yeah. but uh, so just remember, folks, those attending comic con and any con for that matter be safe and anybody listening that just wants everything to go back to normal be an active part of making everything normal yeah yeah if you'd like to go back to normal uh stop reading stupid people and get your shots yeah. and wear your mask and wear your fucking mask. Just generally. Just, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Just do something that will further our chances of getting to normal instead of sitting on your ass doing nothing. That's it. Yeah. Anything. Anything helps. Any, yeah, 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 yeah. The bare minimum is not acceptable in COVID time. Yeah. I right. was, well, moving on. 
I was going to I was going to say or trying to say that I and Comic Book Guru's podcast may or may not be at New York Comic Con on October seventh through the tenth. Really? Yes. Oh wow. Yes, and that's something that I would like to discuss with you off the air because there is a there could be a potential problem of us attending. We have wow. a we already been approved for a panel in New York Comic Con. Um, uh, that will be on Sunday, the last day of the con. Uh, but there right now that is in jeopardy, and I want to get your opinion. I I'm sorry to people listening and watching. Oh, okay. I, don't mean, I don't mean to set you up like this is like the, but. Um, when you mentioned New York Comic Con and the uh, the parameters that are set forth, um, the other podcast that I do, uh, we have a panel on New York Comic Con, and that may or may not come to fruition. So I will discuss. I will consult the nerd herders about that. And if that is the case, then we will make an announcement later on. If it's not the case, you don't have anything to worry about because you didn't know what it was anyway. So exactly. Moving on, Dame. Hit it. Oh, it hurts when you bump in. Oh yeah, I'm it. sorry. I was like, you hit our bandy. Oh, but you got a boo-boo. You get to make it better. Yeah, mark the target so you know where to hit it. Right there. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, right. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on to the next thing. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> for us growing up, that came out and he, uh, you know grew up popping quarters into the arcades and everything like that. A lot of us were loving it. You know, always wanted, man, I wish I had one of those in my home. Over the last year or so, that became a thing. People getting cabinet games and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, the next slew is coming out exclusive to Walmart, and they are some whoppers of titles. And slew? if you got the cash flow for it, have I got a list for you? It's actually not so bad, though. Yeah. Okay. Um, next, the next in lineup for retro arcade cabinet cabinet games, as I mentioned, is coming to Walmart. I believe you can go on there and order them now if they, if they don't have them at your local Walmart already. Mm-hmm. Uh, really quick, GameStop, I saw it uh, last week and had – Remember that for those of you that remember remember the, remember the, the sit inside Star Wars one? Yes. The thing? Yeah, they got that one. They nice. got that one. Yeah, I know. I, I can't even tell you how many quarters I lost as a kid on that one. Yeah. But yeah, they had it, and I was just like, ooh, do I have room in the man cave for that? <laughs> Mother would absolutely yeah. kill me. But on to the lineup that's at, at Walmart that you guys, some of you guys are going to go absolutely bananas for. Okay. Banana. NBA Jam, <gasps> yes, yeah. all four, with all four controller sides, everything. Not a minuscule version, all four controller sides. NBA Jam, they have at Walmart, will set you back $399. That's it. Uh, on to Frogger. Frogger, which actually has a game show coming out, which I've seen uh, looks actually like a lot of fun, hosted by Damon Way and Son and everything like that. If you're into <laughs> Frogger, Frogger will set you back $415. What's up, Dan? I, I have to I, I have to shout out Momo who just who just donated a hundred bits to the channel. Uh, Momo said, "If your nose is blocked, but you let some bacon and eggs fry on the rock when it's hot outside, can you then smell what the rock is cooking?" Wow! But um, bum. That's what Charlie Watts. Thank That's you, Momo. That. Thank you, Thank Momo. You Listen, when Momo, when somebody pays money, yes, you have to read it. it. They yeah. can say whatever the fuck they want, and I, I just want to be clear. Momo Jones can say whatever the fuck she wants anyway, but seeing how she just gave me a hundred bits, she could say it twofold. Thank you, Momo. Thank you, Momo. Appreciate oh, thank you. It. Very good. All right. oh, Momo. I also want to break in and say I am all over that NBA jam thing. Yeah. Ah, well, there's more. There's more. But wait, also, there's more. Making the list. X Men versus Street Fighter is no. coming for the price of three hundred and ninety nine dollars. Not bad. 
bad. Like I know we're in a pandemic and we're kind of broke, but considering <laughs> yeah, the title and the, and the, yeah. the size, that's not bad. Uh, the cheapest of the bunch uh, will be Miss Pac-Man for what? $289. This yeah. Pac-Man's two hundred dollars for the that cabinet. Be the, that be the most expensive. Two hundred eighty-nine dollars. two hundred eighty-nine bucks to get a Miss Pac-Man cabinet. It's coming. That out should be year. that should be the most expensive. I know somebody who's putting that in the. I know somebody's putting that in the corner of our new living room. That is some sexist shit right there. I she agree. Is a, she is a force of the cheapest. I kind of want that. I, I charge nice. people to come into this house and and and, and, and play that shit. Not to be outdone by, of course, Pac-Man himself. Pac-Man cabinet will run you $399. That's some most, sexist that's shit. Why is the woman cheap? Why is the woman cheaper? She should be more money. She should be the most expensive. She should be the most expensive game there. Since she's exactly. The most popular. That's bullshit. Agreed. Agreed. Have, considering how like female characters of anything go faster than anything else, that should be the more pricey one. We have bought Miss Pac-Man. You know how we talk about buying games when they get remastered? We have Miss Pac-Man on every single fucking console that we own. <laughs> on the PS3, on the PS4, on the Xbox, we have a Miss Pac-Man cartridge. We have that game more than any of the games that we that we like. We have so many copies of Miss Pac-Man because whatever TV we have hooked up, we would want to play Miss Pac-Man more so Kelly than me because she kicks ass in that game and Miss Pac-Man hates me. Queen Tanae, thank you for stopping by. I appreciate you coming in. Thank you. Thank you, Queen. Thank you, Queen. Thank you. The Queen. Queen is here. So, yeah, Pac-Man himself would be three on that. Now, the most expensive out of the bunch, which is actually surprising considering the titles that I've already mentioned, uh, you know, because some of them are pretty big titles. Uh the most expensive out of, out of the bunch that will set you back $549 will be Outrun. What? So there is your list. That of, should yeah. be the cheapest. I know. That game sucks. I don't know. I don't even know that game. Exactly. I never even heard I of mean, it. I mean, I know that uh, it was at the Walmart. <laughs> that game was at the My Walmart. Dad to play Outrun. It's like, you know. But that, nevertheless, so that is your list. You have NBA Jam, X-Men versus Street Fighter, Frogger, Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man, and Outrun. Run now. Well, not now. After the show. Outrun. Your, after, after us to, to your Walmart site to get your maybe, cabinet game. May, maybe Miss Pac-Man is cheaper because they know they'll sell more of those? Maybe. Maybe that might be a less is more thing. Who knows? <sighs> I, I maybe. I'm, I'm serious. So if if the thing, if NBA Jam wasn't, how much did you say that was? Uh, 399 399. Eh, eh, I have nah, nah, that's nah, yeah. too much. But Miss Batman at 289 is like the, the one that caught my eye was X Men versus Street Fighter. I was like, oh, <laughs> give me pinball instead. Yeah, yeah. Well, moving on for those of you that complained, oh, of... <laughs> uh -oh, here we go already. For those oh, of you that complained up and down and everything like that, how much Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe. <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> Ruined the Masters of the Universe and He-Man. Don't worry, because the trailer for the other series came out. Which it's is gonna get worse, fuckers. He-Man <laughs> and the Masters of the Universe released, and I'm sorry I couldn't help but post it. And I was just like, "Y'all hate Kevin Smith now?" Because <laughs> okay. Again, it's made for a different audience. I get it. But they 
they really like you know they kept he man <laughs> the master universe had the title they made everything young they made everything techie every uh orco's a, a like a robot and it's just like i was like oh my god what did they do and then, then, looks- I, then, then, I, then i was laughing i was like everybody still hate kevin smith now <laughs> everybody still hating on kevin smith right. and there were people there were some people that like spoke about again people kind of similar to us that are objective you know they may not have liked it or like that but they said they tested it with their own children because again this is a masters this he-man and master of the universe is made for a younger generation and they tested it with their children and not one child that they showed it to was interested in it. They were like, <laughs> and they, they liked the they liked the other one. They were like, eh, and they walked out and they left it. So it wasn't even appealing to kids. And that's, uh, but by all means, go ahead, hey, check it out. On. But I, hey. again, I'm just like, okay, Kevin Smith did a bad job. Okay. I thought you were going the other way with it. But, but you were like, no, 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 no. The kids hated it. I'm like, that's even better. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Uh, Listen, one, one guy, I think he was on us, I think from CMB or one of the chat things. He said he test ran it with his kids. He said his daughter was like completely uninterested in it. And she was like, out and left before the trailer even was finished. She was bored with it within 30 seconds. She was like, eh, and left. She had no interest in it and everything. So, but uh, yeah. So you have your choice now. Now you have your He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I'll stick with Kevin Smith's. Just saying. Well, I'll stick with Kevin Smith because it was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was great. But anyway, Don. moving on, moving on. Um, coming to Netflix now, I don't know how many years later or whatever like that, it has now been officially confirmed that Beverly Hills Cop 4 with Eddie Murphy will be coming to Netflix. Uh, no story, no, ter- no, no details in terms of the story or if anybody, Judge Reinhold or anybody else is coming back. But uh, Look, All I want to know is do we get Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. No, back. no, no, no. Oh. Eddie Murphy. Oh, do we get Eddie? Not, do we not... get Eddie Murphy or do we get Daddy Daycare? Ah, uh, that's no, what no, I want to no, know. No, no, That's what I want to know. No, Fox. If he, the reason why it's taken so long to make another Beverly Hills Cop film because Eddie wanted it to be up to his standards because he he still hears. How sucky Beverly Hills Cop Three was because he didn't have the kind of creative control he had as of the so over the first two. The, the only good thing two, about Three was Bronson Pinchot's part. That was it. Yeah, and the uh, um the uh, okie dokie part, which was in the trailer and uh, which was in the clip, and that was it. But the first two obviously were Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, who yeah. were genius producers. Third one didn't have that. So the reason why it's taken twenty years is because. Eddie finally has the, the type of script he wants. He gets the type of uh, uh, the, the mover or the producers he wants, and it's going to be ours. So you're not going to have Daddy Daycare in Beverly Hills Cop, Fox. The reason why he's waited that long, that's the reason why he hasn't done stand-up in so, so long. Not, because not, it's not what he, it's, he's not in that space yet. The fact that he said, okay, to Beverly Hills Cop, man, he <laughs> I, I, if anybody, if anybody here, and I know Craig saw uh, his return to Saturday Night Live. Yes. Don't worry about it. He'll be fine. It, it, I'm not. Thank you. But no, no, no. I'm being, I'm being serious. I'm, I'm not t- trying I'm to. I am too. I am too. No, no. I'm saying, uh, but I'm saying mm. to Foxy. Yeah. Eddie, if you've seen any clips, and if you haven't, 
start with the Mr. Mr. <laughs> Robinson's Mr. neighborhood Robinson's and go forward. I saw that one. I saw that Eddie, one. Eddie Murphy still got Eddie Murphy in there. The Eddie Murphy's Eddie, still around. The fact that Eddie Murphy, during when he hosted Saturday Night Live, did characters that most of the audience now weren't even born when he did and still got them over. His Gumby during Weekend Update, <laughs> hysterical. So and not only that, like during a time period where, again, now a lot of that stuff is a very offensive now, and he yeah. still got it over. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just I wanted to be nice about it because I don't want uh, um, you. You guys don't care, but I care about uh, Foxy's wrath. So I was trying to be nice about it. <laughs> okay. Well, that was right. a... I love you, Dan. I would never Thank lay you. my wrath upon you. Oh, okay. Well, then shut up. He's fine. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking it on him. It's cool. Oh, okay. Good, Damien. I'm gonna. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. No, don't be. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Okay, so early this week, which started as a um, social media uh, post by Dave Batista uh, and everything like that, actually picked up some traction. So Dave Bautista uh, is starring as the villain this season in Jason Momoa's uh, television series, um, C, uh, yeah. and like that, playing the villain and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he enjoyed working with him so much, he's like, dude, we got to do a buddy cop movie together, me and you, like, el- yeah. like Lethal Weapon style buddy cop movie. Yeah. Uh, so that got a lot of people talking, and then like that, people were like, oh, actually, I wouldn't mind seeing that. And you know, Batista's really been throwing it out there, showing his chops, doing drama, doing comedy, doing action, doing it's everything. Net, the, the Netflix commercial. No, the, yeah. He's King of the really, Stream. Yeah. He's throwing it out there now. And, and you can tell he's really been like going to acting classes and everything like that, really doing it. So Jason Momoa was on, on one of the, I think he was on Jimmy Kimmel last night or something like that. But anyway, Jason Momoa put it out there that yes, it has in fact picked up steam. Mm-hmm. He has talked to Batista. They are gonna do a buddy cop movie. All it took was a week, and all it took was like literally a week. Jason Momoa says, "Look, it writes itself." He goes, "He has no hair. I have long hair. I like board shorts. He likes trunks." <laughs> He's like, "We're on the phone, shooting back ideas back and forth." They already talked about like a director and producer behind it, who uh, and they're like that, and they're like, "Where do you want to shoot it? Hawaii, of course. Why not Hawaii? Yeah, we'll do it in Hawaii." So yeah, they 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 are pretty much that starting from Dave Batista's tweet. Yes, they are working on doing a buddy cop, buddy cop movie film. together. I'm Excellent. already sold. Take yeah. my money. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> and then I told her about yeah. it, and uh-huh. she's not a big movie person, and she literally went, "Take my money." Yeah. <laughs> she goes, like, is there a Kickstarter that I can donate? <laughs> yeah, she goes, "Is there a Kickstarter?" I can... <laughs> And in that same interview, uh, Dan, he mentioned what a big Flyers fan he is. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Oh, I saw that. Are you kidding? That okay. got sent to well, me like when, seven when times. He, when he was here, uh, when the last time Wizard World was good, he wore Flyers jersey for his photo. Uh, yes, yes, he did. Photo yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember those Momoa pictures coming. I'm always like the coolest Momoa dude. Is, he's Jesus Christ. Incredible. I remember those pictures coming out in my, and I'm going, oh. Okay. Okay. Really, really quick side story. Um, our friend uh, and actor, um, Sid O'Connell, who was uh, the mutant leader in um, Gotham. Yeah, he actually he's really good friends with Jason Momoa's best uh, best friend, you know, like that. So the last New York Comic Con that was out here, 
mm-hmm. invited him. And Momoa actually knew of him through social media and everything like that because he was his best friend. And he, you know, he thought he was going to go into like, you know, hey, Mr. Momoa, whatever like that, be respectful. He said, Jason Momoa act like he knew him all his life and treated him. He said they hung out and everything like they were old buddies and everything because he knew everything about him and the whole nine yards. And he's like, dude, you're part of the DC family and all this stuff. And he treated him. And he's like, dude, he's like, Jason Momoa is literally like the nicest guy. Like, like, like it's Keanu Reeves, Brendan Fraser, Jason Momoa. It's like he's so cool. Like the he's nicest so people ever. Cool. Mr. Mr. Momoa, marry me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? I, can we just hang yeah. out? Throw I some... think I'm like one of those one one a one of very few, if any females that exist. She's like the hangout like, person. I like I don't see Momoa in any sexual anything at all. It's just like, dude, let's have beer like, and hang out on the beach. Like she's got the hangout music. list. She's got yeah. the hangout list. So yeah. it's like Momoa, Keanu, Elias, Elias like, like just wants to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the only I way I, I got... don't have a celebrity fuck list. Like it's, it's <laughs> a hangout I, list. I have yeah. two. Um well, uh, it's the only reason I got Kelly to watch that Zack Snyder Justice League. I was like, "There's more Aquaman." <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next bit of news. Now, this is kind of an interesting, funny one, and they're like that. That kind of backfired a little bit on Tesla here, and then like that. So there was like this. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this one? It sounds like Dan already. Okay. So Tesla, uh, the the company that was hosting thing put out that Tesla has plans for the first ever um, humanoid robot that will stand at five foot eight and approximately 150 pounds. Now, mind you, this is all me, you know, mechanical stuff. So who knows if it's actually going to be 150 pounds and everything like that uh, to complete dangerous, repetitive and boring tasks. Unfortunately, that's also a lot of people's jobs right now is dangerous, boring and mundane tasks and anything like that. Um, and um, now what made it funny though because also obviously there was the whole Terminator references like have we not learned from Terminator that we do not want to do this? any movie ever that has to do with this have we not learned Star Trek the motion picture was about this but that wasn't what backfired on him. Oh. what backfired on them and reporters in the audience had a field day with immediately on social media as they're watching was instead of coming out to the stage with a prototype robot, it was a guy in costume with like a black mask made to look like the robot to present missed, the I robot that entirely. Yeah. So that's what it was. It was like, they were like, it's a guy in a costume with a thing. You're not even, you're the, you don't have an actual robot. So we bring out a guy in costume dressed like the robot like so i don't know my point is tesla again you know sometimes you know fiction you know art imitates life i i i <laughs> don't not trust learn from the I don't terminator trust, and everything I don't like tr- that i don't trust anybody who named their co- kid what he named him yes yeah sorry <laughs> okay in uh now, before we get to the last two news tidbits, um, we're going to put one out there that everybody's in love. And I know someone sitting on this screen right now has been dying to talk about. We got hit thanks to an early leak in the day, leaving Sony no choice but to release the trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man, no, Spider-Man no Way Home. No Way it's Home, whatever. Actually, so it had home in the title, yes. Uh, but actually... Uh, Dave, if you're 
sharp-eyed Marvel geeksters well, would have already seen it coming because if you looked at WandaVision episode four on her calendar, it was circled August 23rd with a little heart on it. Ah. And, and wouldn't you know, with a lot of false starts and stops and leak, it was finally released on August 23rd of all dates. Huh. Hmm. Huh. And of course, the uh, trailer has been uh, torn apart and uh, examined and microscopically more than the Bruder film. That, Things uh, you missed. And the, 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 yes. But the one thing that's unmistakable, well, huh. we know that Doctor Strange is in it, but also <laughs> the metal metallic arm of one Otto Octavius, the great Alfred Molina. With his so, new Jerry Curl hairstyle. With his new Jerry Curl <laughs> hairstyle. So now, yes, give it up for Alfred Molina. What I uh, dislike most about um, the, the whole thing was all the way leading up to it, this, uh, for most of 2020, everything was leaked. This movie had so, such, such a veil of secrecy around it. Um, and so anything that happened about this film, it was broadcast all over social media. So I already knew that Alfred Molina was going to be in it because that's all everyone talked about. Alfred Molina is on a set of Spider-Man. Alfred Molina is on a set of Spider-Man. Well, it took forever for them to name it, first of all. We didn't know what the, the title was. Everyone's calling it Spider-Man 3. And then it was Tobey Maguire. And then was um, Andrew Garfield there. And they had to go to both of those guys. Were you, were you there? Were you not? And they can't confirm it. They can't deny it. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, oh, yeah. Willem Dafoe. Jamie Foxx. With Charlie Cox. Was that the, the guy in the white shirt? Was that his? Was that Peter's lawyer, Matt Murdock? And all that. And so we're, we're and I don't want to know all this stuff. I don't want to know if these guys, I want to watch the movie and be surprised. Go, oh! but, well, yeah, I want that rea- I wanted that reaction when I saw Alfred Molina on screen for the first time. Go ahead, Dan. Other, other than the Alfred Molina, and I, and, and Craig, I think not to, I'm not saying you're wrong. I think the Alfred Molina thing is still in the trailer because we all knew he was in it. Yeah. Right. So that one I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and comparing it to a movie I would like to talk about before we move on to the big story. Yeah. Um, it's like the Ghostbusters trailer. It kind of told you, it, but it didn't really show you anything. Yeah. I think that trailer was very good because it gave you a little, ah, oh, eh, eh. <laughs> and, then, and then the big, ah, at the end, and then it moved on. Other than, yeah, exactly. I mean, no, not me. Um, Other than that reveal, Mm -hmm. I thought that trailer did a good job of giving you just a little bit, but not telling you anything, really. Uh, It's everybody else that's like, I didn't even think that Daredevil was in it until somebody posted a free shot. And it was like, I'm like, I didn't even think of that. Uh, I, I saw no, the, the only one that I picked out was I saw there's that one shot and you see it like a, a lightning storm. I assumed it's Electro. Yeah, That's my saw, own thing. And, and we saw the pumpkin bomb from Green from Green Goblin. Right, right, right. Yeah. So we don't know which pumpkin. It, we don't know which pumpkin. We don't know which Green, Green Goblin, Goblin it, is. it is. It better be goddamn Willem Dafoe. Okay. Um, <laughs> go, no, Fox. go ahead, Craig. Go ahead, Craig. No, Fox had her hand in whatever. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead okay, I, I'm about to be a bad nerd, but yet a good nerd at the same time. Yes, that's not okay. possible. Bad nerd part is about the movies. Good nerd part is about the comics. Okay, mm-hmm. bad news. Um, I'm very, very 
behind and out of date with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh-huh. Our kids yeah. are more caught up, caught up than us. Yes. They're up to date. Um, well, it's not I like do... you have a lot to do, Fox. <laughs> yeah. But I do know the comic book storylines because I've read them all. Uh-huh. I, from the trailer, I'm getting so much uh, Peter Parker, Civil War into brand new day vibes. Yes. Now, now, how does that kind of story correlate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe considering their Civil War was different from what the comics okay. did? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly. Well, when I saw, as soon as I saw the trailer, when he went to Doctor Strange and said, can you make everyone forget? That's right out of Brand New Day. Oh, that's yeah. right out of Civil War. So that's perfect. And what happened, what we saw in the trailer was also connected not only to WandaVision, mm-hmm. but to Loki. So that whole split variant all happened at the same time when Wanda and Agatha did their thing uh, that was felt with um, Kang or uh, the, the immortal one in uh, Loki happened at the same time. And he was like that. And that's what happened with when Doctor Strange messed with the multiverse trying to, with a spell that Peter interfered with, that's what caused that. That's what caused the variant. So all that is connected. Uh, Doctor Strange is uh, trying to help out Peter Parker, and with what Loki, what happened with Loki, and what happened with WandaVision all happened at the same time. So uh, yeah, okay. I, I love it. Yes. Okay, so so we're getting like brand new day vibes. Yeah. But more so on the multiverse level, as opposed to just a whole. Okay, nobody knows who you are. Thing. Exactly. Okay, because yes. I'm because yes. I was watching the trailer. I'm like. I know this. I've yeah, read, read this, this, but this yeah. is not this. So how? Okay, because right. again, I'm so behind. You know, okay. I know tidbits and things, yeah. and That's, hearing that certain people yeah. die still like stabs me because I haven't seen them and I refuse to. Yeah. So I, again, just trying to piece Ooh, it all together. And the, what the, the great thing about it, though, Fox, is what how Marvel has navigated this the comics to movie um, bridge. Because, you know, obviously Civil War in the movies is nothing like the comic books. Yeah. And when I heard they were doing Civil War, I was like, how the hell are they going to pull this off? Uh-huh. You know, even if they got Spider-Man, they can, you know, this is going to be, you know, tough. But they, they did it. And the way they, they worked their way around uh, certain aspects, you know, about, like, a Marvel movie fans now think that Tony Stark and Bruce Banner invented Ultron. But mm-hmm. comic book fans know that it was Henry Pym. Mm-hmm. Um, but Again, they work around that. So the fact that they can weave in these two, yeah. uh, the Civil War, Peter Parker, and the brand new day storyline with Doctor Strange, that's all That's all, Kevin Feige. Go ahead. I always got me excited. Appre- yes. I was like, I, what? But yeah, okay. God damn. I, I always appreciate it. Like, that's the thing. And I know people don't like Iron Man 3. Um, mm-hmm. I love that movie, and I know people don't like it. Mm-hmm. For that extreme and little things, I don't say little things because it's not like it's not a big deal, but like like you brought up Civil War, how I like that they don't follow the comic books exactly. Yeah, I like the hooks, mm-hmm. the things that people get so angry about. It's like this is not exactly how I read it. No, that's the point. <laughs> so get, also, yeah. again, it, it harkens to again what works on paper doesn't always work on film as well. I mean, I, I remember um, reading an interview with. Uh, um, I think Kirkman, if I'm uh-huh. right. Wh- whoever wrote Walking Dead. 
Robert Kirkman, Kirkman yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm. And how, you know, it was, this was um, when Walking Dead was starting to really get its fandom going. Uh-huh. And, you know, they interviewed him regarding the comics and the show. And they're like, well, you know, people want this. How come this changed? Or, you know, and the thing is, is he made a very good point and it, it can harken down to like the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well as DC kind of sort of where it's like, you know, yes, I know that, you know, fans of the comic book are watching this and they want to see the comic book come to life. And that's all well and good. But I can't surprise them right. if I follow the comics. He's no. like, I still need to surprise them so you gotta adapt and you gotta change that way you can keep this whole new visual audience on their toes he's like if Mm. i made it exactly as it is yes the comic fans are gonna love it but are they really gonna enjoy it as a tv show or just live action comic book when i exactly when i watch a marvel cinematic film and i and from the very beginning since 2008 uh, I already go in knowing it's not going to be like that. And I, I intentionally go when I go see it, this uh, a Marvel movie two or three times, which is what I do. I go with non-comic book fans. I go with people yeah. that they have no idea who these people, who these characters mm-hmm. are. And they walk out loving it. That's how you know it's a good mm-hmm. film. It can connect. You can, it, it connects with someone who's never read a comic book in their life. And so when it, and I'm so out of you know, out of the box watching this movie, watching a Marvel movie, that when something does happen, I can say, oh, that's from the comic book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I look for moments like that. Like in, yeah. in Spider-Man Homecoming, that's the correct, the first one, Damien. That was Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, when when Peter was uh, lifting up the, uh, the building off of him, that was straight, right out of Spider-Man 32. And I said, that's from the comic book. So everything else wasn't, but that was, yeah. And so when I see moments like that, that makes it. I that's think, what makes it special. I think Marvel, Kevin Feige, and all the writers have done a damn near masterpiece level job in doing that. Even yeah. the Iron Man three twist. I know we will argue over that till the mm. day till the till the day is over. I loved that little because I knew enough. I was a DC guy growing up. I didn't know as much. I still don't know as much about Marvel as everybody mm. else does. I just don't. I, I read DC like it was going out of style. Very little Marvel. So, but I knew on the surface who it's supposed to be. The Mandarin. Spoiler yeah. alert. It's been yeah. a couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. So I knew who the Mandarin. So when that little left turn happens, and it's Ben Kingsley. I, how can you be mad at that? I was. that. I know you were. <laughs> how can you be mad at that? I understand. I think they're, do you think they're going to course correct it with um Yes. And that's what I was, uh, well, I was going to steer into. See? Your, huh? with, Synergy, uh, buddy. Yes. Hey. <laughs> with your, with your permission, Dan, with every, with all the eyes of the Marvel and comic book and pop culture universe focused on Spider-Man, Shang-Chi is, is already fitting to be maybe the best origin movie since Black Panther. That's going to be a Marvel sleeper universe. hit for Marvel. Like yeah. Shang-Chi yeah. looks so good. Yes, and it's it and already the reviews are coming out from people that have already seen it on the West Coast. The mid credit scene and the very end credit scene are supposed to be some of the biggest shockers in Marvel movie history. Whoa! So wow. yeah, so we have the end again. We're and we're going to revisit the Mandarin, um, the, the Ben Kingsley character or the Mandarin. Wait, is he in it? In Shang Chi, yes. So we're going to that's. You said course correct. 
And again, oh, while every while everyone's while everyone's focused on this guy, okay, Shang Chi, a week from He's gonna uh, slide in there, slide in and just blow everyone's mind. See, uh, we need we need more mid <laughs> and after credit scenes that make you go <gasps> like yeah. the, the the latest one, like the ones that they've done as of late, you know, are more sort of tie in pieces, and you're like, oh, yeah. you want you, you want need that Nick Fury that reacts Iron, Iron Man, Man where everybody went, oh, yeah. or you, you need the part where you know it's a whole you, one where Tony Stark is like the Avengers initiative. You Whoa! don't do you, you don't that. know how happy I am about this revelation i did not know i know nothing about these characters i'm going yeah. on the i'm going in this this is the first movie they've done where i have zero idea who yeah. these characters exactly. are yes, and I, um stan lee created characters based off of of time periods and things going on in the world uh, x-men was was derived the, the, the from civil, the civil racism rights. and everything like that yeah, shang chi right. was created because of the popularity at that time oh, of bruce, bruce lee, lee. And I mean, like that's so what he created a character like Bruce Lee. Yeah. And like, but like they've totally reinvented Shang Chi and really like fleshed it out. And like I'm really excited for Shang Chi. I'm in yeah. it for Aquafina. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Oh, and I'm I will go. Right Aqua. Oh, she's Aqua. hilarious. She's uh, great. She was, I loved her in Jumanji. She yeah. was so good in Jumanji. She was amazing in Ocean's oh, Eight. Eight. I yeah. love her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm watching her show right now. Um, but uh, Dan, um, this. And I, I tell, and for folks even on our on the Comic Book Gurus podcast uh, Facebook page, it's like, well, I don't know anything about this. You didn't know anything about Guardians either. You didn't know anything yeah, yeah, about exactly. Ant Man. You didn't but know I anything knew, about Black Panther. So, I knew like basic things about who Black Panther was and why. I and knew the basics. Yeah. I knew different variations of the Guardians, but I didn't know story. Yeah. And I knew who Ant Man was. I uh, this is the, there's I have zero information going into it, and I love it. Exactly. I can't wait. And that's what I'm trying to to to, to give to people. It's like, well, I don't know who this person is. Like, you didn't Good. Know, you Guardian, know who Guardian is. Watch the movie. Who, who the hell knew who Iron Man was before 2008? When you watched the Weapon, did you know who Riggs and Murtaugh were? No. no. You know, you at you the end of it, you loved it. That's three. There's three. That's three lethal weapons. Craig stuck another one in that nobody else caught. And I caught. That's three references this week. Yeah. That's the title of the show. Buddy cops. Buddy cops. Buddy cops. Buddy cops. Can I? Can I? Can I? take over one second, real quick? Go ahead. Get the main topic. Sony. Sony also did a thing with Ghostbusters this weekend, and they just showed the movie. They screened it at the CinemaCon. Wow, uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not mad. Oh yeah, because there was articles about like the first like reviews of it and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I'm not. I'm not mad. Great reviews. I'm not mad because there's two reasons. It's getting great reviews, and we're getting an Ecto One popcorn bag uh, machine. <laughs> it's an Ecto One that sits on a on a thing that it rotates around. It lights up, and you put your popcorn on top of it. Oh. That part. That's part's not a joke. It's a joke that why I'm excited. But I'm getting that at the theater, and I'm not even going to eat because I ain't taking my mask off because you people are disgusting. How um, much did you? Uh, how much did you love my buddy's uh, a box card? That was me. I, I, you showed it to me while I was still banned, and I couldn't reply. And as soon as I got unbanned, I went to all these links that were sent to me and liked them. So I, I, I did comment on it. But the reviews are it, there's no bad reviews. It's people going, I really like this movie, and I wasn't expecting much, and it's really great. Or I'm a big Ghostbusters fan. This is amazing. Everybody's going to be happy. And yeah, the one I saw was like, "This is this. This is like the sequel you've been waiting for." 
Well, see, I, I can't reply to that because I love Ghostbusters yeah, exactly. too. Like and anybody who doesn't like Ghostbusters too is just this, it's just miserable. It, well, it's like I, us. It's like it's well, for us. We're, we're like you. You either like Grease too, or you're wrong. <laughs> I don't. The, the, the female version. I don't consider that a sequel. I just consider that literally. Oh no, no, that is that is a sequel already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. There's Ghostbusters one, Ghostbusters two, then there's Ghostbusters three, which is Afterlife. And then there's Ghostbusters Answer the Call, which better get a sequel eventually. I still have a feeling that they're referencing the ladies in this movie. I have a gut feeling. Mm. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Sorry. I'm excited. Is what I'm trying to say. All right. Well, it is now that time. Oh, we're, not doing the what, we're not doing your what the fuck? I saw what your what the fuck was. I know what the what the fuck was, but it's just it's a matter of time. It's a matter so of have time. To... We, what you... Dan and I will talk about the what the fuck on our you, music Yeah, show. you do the... Yeah, the what the fuck... I will whoa, what the whoa, fuck. whoa! You can't just say what the fuck and then not what the fuck it. Craig took the mask off. Like, we can't do the... All right, fine. We'll do the what the what fuck. What the fuck? <laughs> I'll, I'll make it. I'll, you I'll do, say you it purpose is the what the fuck. And this month's what the fuck. In this month's what the fuck, the now adult version of the baby from the Nirvana Nevermind. Oh, summer, what the fuck? Swimming naked in a pool is deciding to sue the living members of Nirvana as well as the company that produced the album for child pornography. Yet this motherfucker had no problem for the past 30 some odd years going to conventions about being that baby, signing CDs, making tons of money off of it, and now he's suing them for child pornography. Well, there's your what the fuck. What the fuck. Well, where is uh, Drew Barrymore's? I'm sorry, Jodie Foster's uh, check since she was the Coppertone baby. Her bare butt was uh, in ads across the country and the world for decades. She was the original Coppertone baby. Uh, Where's her cut? Yeah. News to me. What the fuck? Mind you, though, when it comes to the Nirvana Nevermind cover art, if you you were not, um, I don't want to say alive, that's not the right word. If you weren't a part of that generation to get the first edition of that CD, then yeah. you do not have the original CD. The original CD cover is a little baby boy swimming in the water. What? However, after its first initial release, once that first wave was gone, every album after that, they have edited out the, uh, the, uh, yeah. the peanut. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a baby. baby. Mm-hmm. You can't tell if it's a female baby or a male baby. So even so, yeah, getting that first edition is extremely, extremely rare and possibly worth a lot of money. And worth I, more now. Yeah, yeah, worth more now. And I, I, I don't know. This, this is obviously just a huge cash grab. It's a cash grab at the end of the day. It's a huge cash grab because when you've marketed off yourself off of being that baby, baby. yeah, he got interviews and he redid. He re he as Danny said, he redid the photo for the twenty fifth anniversary. Yeah, yeah. But now is it, is it because health. of that? Is it because he's got a little dick? Because that was going on. Yeah, I oh. would. I would. I get some little dick energy right there. Yeah, I would sue the fuck out of him. Yeah, if I had some baby dick energy right there. Wow. So to if the, my if so my dick hadn't grown in thirty years, I want as much money as I could too. Uh huh. <laughs> Guess where the money's going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yes. Implant. So to the Nirvana baby grown man, we say, everybody, what the, what the, the fuck? fuck? What the fuck? WTF. <laughs> All right. On to tonight's main topic. We are, again, we're we talking about in sections, because I have a section it off and everything like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> oh, to toss it out to everybody in sections so we can kind of keep a concise way how we do this. Section. Before we do this discussion on the biggest uh, weekend in wrestling in a long, long time, I'm going to preface this with this. This is not a slamming of WWE. This is not a slamming of NXT. This is not a slamming of AEW. This is an overall criticism. And everybody's going to get, get shots. Everybody's going to get shots. Everybody's going to get praised and all like, like that. Okay? Shots, 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 we are having a general discussion. If anybody's discussing it up with each other in the board, no fighting. Okay? No okay. Fighting. Because that's what kind of stemmed me into getting into this because this has been itching and biting at me. And we've been talking about stuff like for a long time. It's like, you know what? Nerd Herders has been due to get into the world of wrestling for a bit. Wrestling what? is a part of pop culture. Pop culture? It's not. I mean, culture. why would you that. two have anything to say about wrestling well, anyway? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, 13 years of being an independent. Was it 13? Yeah. I, don't, I don't even remember. 18 and a half years, whatever. Point is. Whatever. All right. So starting out with the Friday. And again, we're going to analyze this in sections. Starting out with the Friday. The big news of the night, obviously, was the return of CM Punk at the pretty much the beginning of AEW, which everybody was we knew was coming. Part one of this. <laughs> Thoughts Part on one. what would be the promo and i know he re he got some criticism from another legendary wrestler who immediately retracted his video of what he said but thoughts on the promo thoughts on the promo hands up to go first go ahead i have a vagina i go first okay <laughs> um fair enough uh in in hindsight in hindsight uh i agree with what booker t had said in regards to sam punk's promo where he basically alludes to his entire WWE career being non-existent. Um, I, I do agree with Booker. However, Booker also did similar once upon a time in WCW. Um, so he's a hypocrite. But um, I understand the point CM Punk had made. How, you know, mentally and everything, it put him in a bad place. I understand that completely. I wouldn't want to acknowledge it either. However, to pretend as though it didn't exist, would, it is a disservice to the current fans of AEW who only know of your existence because of your WWE run. Some of them were too young to have experienced CM Punk in his Ring of Honor days and his independent days and only know him as CM Punk from WWE and going back into the vault to see his older stuff. Plus, I mean, as someone that married a wrestler. You did? As, as someone that married a wrestler, I would feel insulted if my husband were to ignore the entire time being in a company where he met me. Again, I cannot speak for AJ Lee, who was his wife, but I'd be sitting there like, bro, I met you in WWE and you want to pretend like that entire time you spent there, it just didn't happen. Cool. So 
um, again, I understood his <clears throat> reasoning. Because again, when you are in a bad mental state, you know, bad emotional state where it leads you to depression and, and thinking about if you still want to continue doing something that you had a passion for, you don't want to acknowledge it. And I understand that, but it's a disservice to the fans because those fans, again, know of you from that place. Okay. Dan, your take on, remember, we're only talking promo portion. No, he's doing something else. Oh, here we go. I'm, re I'm reading the, no, no, no. It's, it's on point. It's, it's okay. on a topic. Okay. Uh, Danny says, I took that as he was a sports entertainer during that time, not as a professional wrestler. And, and let me get to it. This will also interweave into my thoughts on the whole thing, on the promo part. Uh, the promo was perfect, except that moment. That kind of took me out of it. Uh, and I'm not insulted by it. I'm not in that way. Everybody has different feelings about it. But my thing was, is we don't mention them. We're, we've moved on. Yeah, we've definitely. all moved on from this. So have you. You're a better person because of it. Uh, some people and I, some myself and Dean doesn't see eye to eye with how he was treated backstage and everything, and that he's just whining and and complaining. And I don't agree with that at all. However, it doesn't help when you say what you said in the promo. And I agree. Bad call to do that. Shouldn't have acknowledged. This is a big, huge moment. Everybody, and we'll talk about it. Everybody heard that place didn't need to be acknowledged. Uh, Danny says, um, I took that as a, that he was a sports sanitarian during that time, not a wrestler, but that doesn't negate what Foxy was saying about that still is him trying to discredit the fans that he got during that. Mm -hmm. Not cool. Yeah. Not, not yeah. cool at all. Um, that, yeah. So I, I'll keep it quick on this because I have less to say about it. I would have not, I, me personally would have never mentioned it wasn't wasn't the time you had that big interview where you said and i and i'm on his side he said everything he needed to say about the wwe on colt cabana's podcast and we all know how that went uh cat fight uh can't fight uh, is clapping about what you said foxy and not joaquin phoenix uh, also agrees uh, I just have a quick counterpoint, though, before you, anyone else continues regarding to being a sports entertainer. Um, while I do agree that, yes, sports entertaining is WWE, to any, anybody in the wrestling field, you know what you're signing up for when you get into WWE. Yeah, they know. You know what you're getting into. You know that you're not going to be a wrestler. You're not, you're not you know you're not going to be putting up five-star matches that you're in charge of putting together. You know this. This is common knowledge. So the fact that anybody from CM Punk down to Chelsea fucking Green who <laughs> complain or bitch about the treatment that they got there and the lack of use and all this other stuff, this is what you signed up for. I hate to say it that way, but everybody on God's green earth knows how WWE works. To go, in, to go in there thinking you're going to be any different <laughs> is such a one in a million shot. Yeah. So while I do agree that, yes, that was sports entertainment in the same right, we know the nature of the beast. Yeah. So to be bitter about it or to, you know, hate it after you've done it, it's just not saying it's your own fault, but you can't pretend like you mm. didn't know that was going to happen. It's like a bad marriage. The other person has their hand in it, too. Yeah. You know, I, I, like uh, while I said... I sympathize with him because, uh, quite frankly, we know stories of people 
that probably should have been that haven't been because of politics or whatever. We we yeah. we know that's true in the WWE. So I absolutely take him at his word. However, yeah. he shouldn't have seen. And by the way, if you're in the chat and you disagree, stand your ground. Yeah. But um also, so again, I'm gonna play again the devil's advocate here. Again, I I kind of see what Danny's saying. I think where he was trying to go with it came off out of context where he was like, I, you know, again, we're no longer allowed to call it wrestling. We're no longer called wrestlers and everything like that. And he became a sports entertainer. And that, that when you get it, does that suck? Yes. But also, again, it harkens to what she says. WWE doesn't um, call themselves wrestling. And there's a deeper reason behind it. And really quick, really quick story. When I got into wrestling and I finally started working in the wrestling, you had to be a licensed professional wrestler in the state of New York. It was not an easy thing to get. It was very hard to get your professional wrestling license. You had to be have a, a, be from a credible school or you had to have uh, reference letters from three, at least three already previously licensed wrestlers of credibility and experience. It wasn't easy to get. Uh, no matter when you got it, you had to renew in September. So if you got in August, you had to renew in September. You had to go for EKGs and everything. It was difficult. It was expensive. Also, more expensive than that for the individual wrestler was is the promoter's license, which is very expensive. You need a million-dollar bond. And this is just talking indie shows. So I don't even know what WWE's was at the time, WWF's, and like that. So to dodge that financial um, payment, or cost, that's why Vince changed it to sports entertainment, was to dodge around having to pay the athletic commission. That is why they took the wrestling away. <laughs> Did you just say a million? Uh, you need a million dollars. For New York, you need a million dollar insurance bond. Insurance okay, but bond. still. So to run an indie show. To run an indie show, you need a million dollar insurance bond to run. I try to. I would avoid that charge too. I'd call it a circus uh, entertainment. That's to avoid so that's that. the thing. So initially, Holy that's shit. why. Because remember, at that time when we, New York was still their primary area, you know, the Northeast. So they did that to avoid having to spend that money, and that's what caused a total restructure of it, and why we don't call it wrestling and blah blah blah. They're dodging the athletic commission. But again, I think. What CM Punk was trying to say, it didn't come off correctly and everything like that. But again, should have left it alone anyway. You should have left it alone. You, you said your piece about it, should have left it alone. So that's my thoughts on the promo. Craig, promo. It was a good promo. <laughs> oh, it was a good wait. It was a good promo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have skipped that part. But other than that, 90, yeah. it, it's a CM Punk promo. You know? Yeah. yeah. Next. All right. Craig's part like, yeah. Two. <laughs> All right. So part two of the whole CM Punk thing, which we cannot, uh, which we cannot not mention, is apparently um, while still in the ring, he broke the AEW site and everything like that from people ordering the shirts. Here's the funny thing. It oh, really yeah. wasn't uh, necessarily fans as it was while he was still in the ring, they were already sold out. You couldn't get on, on it for anything like that. I think your brother took like an hour just to get on Pro Wrestling Tees or AEW. Yeah. I don't know which one he got. Because Pro Wrestling Tees had an edition of it, but it didn't have the back printing. A, the one with the back printing had to get exclusively from AEW. While he was still in the ring, 
and I showed Dan the picture and everything like that. They were already on eBay for over a hundred dollars to five hundred dollars, and he wasn't even out of the ring yet. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's just great. They're not going to sell them for that much. So congratulations, you scalper, stupid fucks. And then on top of that, CM Punk got his ice cream bars and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, within less than twenty-four hours, the wrappers for said bars were also on eBay for about the same price. I don't even like Sting that much. Fun fact, CM Punk actually paid out of pocket for all of those ice cream. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. He said it was on him. Mm -hmm. All right. So there's that one. Now, portion number three. Everybody thought it already like that. This brings up the AJ Lee speculation. How long before they get her involved into an angle or something like that? Or does anybody see that even feasible? Because let's face facts. AJ's very busy with her own personal career and other things right now. Does she have a desire to even do anything or anything like that? Go. Well, uh, coincidentally, just before uh, he did debut, like I want to say two or three days before, she did some kind of interview where that was asked. And she basically said, never say never. You know, the possibility is always there. When you are, a- hi, Amber. When you are a wrestler, doesn't matter how long you haven't done it, that bug never goes It's always away. there. You always want one more time, no matter what. And do I think it's going to happen? I honestly don't know. Um, If it were a more heftier schedule, I could see her doing it just so she would be able to be with her husband on the road. However, since AEW's schedule is a lot lighter, it really doesn't deter much from their marriage, especially because he said he would only ever get married if he quit wrestling and he's back in wrestling and he's married. So it's kind of weird. But... um, I personally would like to see her in the AEW ranks. One, because their female division is eh. It needs a good, it needs a good um, base or a yeah. veteran. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, this also falls into the CM Punk thing. You know, a lot of people know AJ Lee from WWE. We knew her from the independents. Like we actually like knew her. Like she knew who I was before I knew who the fuck she was. I'm like, okay, cool. But <laughs> like, no one really knows what she is capable of in the ring because they limit what you're allowed you know, to they do. They limit what you're allowed to do. They limit your repertoire. And not, not to mention, this was also during the time before the evolution really kicked off, unfortunately, where the women's matches were shorts. So yeah. no one really knows what she is capable of unless you have seen her on the independent scene, which the company she primarily worked for never recorded their things, which was uh, Ace Wrestling. Yeah. So I would love to see her there just so she has the opportunity to be like, let it all hang out. Look what I can fucking do. You know, whether or not it's going to happen. I don't know. Like she, the work she does right now with mental health advocacy and, you know, she's writing comic books, a movie, uh, the recent Wonder Woman, I believe white and gold just came out that she had written. She's writing that uh, Dungeons and Dragons to, um, I forgot what movie it yeah, was. She's doing like a big major movie. So, uh, she's just, got yeah. She's got her own Dungeons and Dragons yeah, so, uh, comic going. You know, she she's really Is really involved in writing and again mental health advocacy. Maybe one or two little pop ups here and there would be nice. Hmm. I personally want to see it. Anybody else? <laughs> I love. Of course, I'd love to see it, uh, but I don't want her anywhere where she's not going to be happy. So. If, if she'll be happy doing it, please come on in. If not, she has nothing left to prove. 
All right. Then the last portion on the CM Punk thing actually kind of comes out today. Somebody had put out there, you know, that they let's get the Guinness Book of World Records to, to you know, to, to check the sound out for this, you know, as potentially this has got to be the loudest pop in history. Oh. Calm down. And everything like that. So Guinness actually responded back. This is that would be a cool thing to try to measure. Unfortunately, there's really no way of measuring it. Now, again, not starting a fight with anybody, but also playing devil's advocate here. The loudest you, you can go back on YouTube and re the punk reaction was redonkulous, as we knew it would be, as we absolutely knew it would be. But to this day, to this day, and this includes The Rock, who gets a huge reaction and everything like that, and many others, and, and Hulk Hogan in his heyday before he got hated on and everything like that. No, no. Rare Hulk Hogan before we knew he was racist, I correct Exactly. It's one of the things. Um, but <laughs> on the ex very, very rare occasions that anything pops up for him or like that, to this day, no one gets the energy crowd going bananas the loudness or deafening sound that steve austin gets steve austin to me to this day arguably has the loudest pop in the entire industry history of the business and again there's there's videos dedicated to it showing and proving it and if you look at the audience they go bananas and again the rock yes is a bigger star but if we're just talking about audience reaction Austin arguably gets the loudest pop. And as loud as Punk's was, go back and watch the Austin videos. Go, Craig. I would only say that I'm not arguing that uh, at all because I've experienced the, the Austin pop, but I've also experienced uh, live and there was nothing like it at the, at the time. And there's a reason why it's called, why Austin's pop was called the Road Warrior pop. Yeah. Because in my experience, and this is 1985, uh, there was nothing louder on earth than the opening strings of Iron Man and the Road Warriors coming out. And yeah. the only thing that rivals that that I've seen in my experience was the glass breaking and the audience going, and it's pronounced banana. Damien, you keep saying bananas. It's it's the crowd went banana. Um, the crowd went banana. Uh, for um <laughs> for for Austin, but yes, I I agree, and um and there's no way you can you can measure that because uh you could go to Japan and the the, the reaction that Antonio Inoki could probably rival that or Ricky Dozan yeah. back in the in the fifties, and there's no telling how loud it got for Dusty Rose in Florida on a on a given night. So uh, but yeah, as far as as for wrestling fans of our generation, yes, it's it would be. My experience is Austin and 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 the uh, and the Road Warriors. Go, Dan. Uh, before I answer, uh, you guys are going to like what I have to say. Um, I do want to say, uh, not Joaquin Phoenix says AJ Lee is writing the 47 Ronin sequel. Yes, yes that's what it was. I Thank you. Could not remember for the life of me. Chucky Dumbala says, uh, "I thought the brood was coming back." Uh, oh. African Edge. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would have been that would have been my pop. That would you would have heard the loudest pop from me. Uh, we, Joyce, we've, shared, we've shared our our story on the brood thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Joyce Danny said that uh, he paid for the ice cream bars because they were from a local shop in Chicago called Pretty Sweet Ice Cream. Sweet. And local business. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, oh. that that it was convenient. Um, and 
not Joaquin Phoenix, which is going to go into my answer, also said that there's no way the Y2J debut was the loudest pop ever. And I have to disagree with everybody. Everybody said, um, I think it's a tie. <laughs> I think I would, I would honestly, I would love to get somebody in there that, or somebody that can go in digitally and measure that because I okay. think it was damn close and it has been years. And Craig, yeah. The Road Warriors entrance is one of the times you is is some of the entrances where you've seen this where the music would hit and they get loud and then they come through the curtain and they get louder and you're like how did they do that same the Jericho thing was not like that because it was like name boom and enough people knew that he was going to be there too. right yeah, exactly it was loud, loud. And with right. the Road Warriors at the Civic Center, the building, and it was not because the movie, the, the building was so old. <laughs> I was about to it, say, but <laughs> honestly, it, it was a earthquake oh, yeah. when the Road oh, yeah. Warriors came out. The entire yep. building shook. I'm not even kidding. And I've been there for a Road Warriors pop. Yeah, for a Chris Jericho's entry, uh, in 90, which was uh, 22 years ago last week, uh, that he uh, had it. Big, the greatest debut in WWE history, but out of Chris Jericho's own mouth or on his from his own pen in his own book, he said it was louder. The only thing louder than, and he's been on stage with Fozzie in front of three hundred thousand fans and his debut in the WWE. But the loudest reaction that Jericho ever heard was from the Cruiserweight Battle Royal when yes. Dean yes. Malenko unmasked, yep. and he he wrote in his book that that was louder than I've ever heard it in my entire career. It was louder than when I debuted in WWE. It was louder when I beat Austin and Rock in the same night. It wasn't louder than, but when he when Dean Malenko unmasked at the end of the Cruiserweight Battle Royal Slambury, Chris Jericho said that's the loudest he's ever heard a crowd. And I've said this on our other podcast, and I'll say it on this podcast, folks. Uh, the Cruiserweight Battle Royal from Slamboree, 93. Um, nine, uh, 90, was it 98? 98. 90, I apologize. And I, I, I'm dyslexic, so I saw the curve. And it, I was thinking, <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the, the, the backstory, Dean Malenko's father had died legitimately. And uh, Chris Jericho, with permission from Dean Malenko, made uh, fun of Dean Malenko's father and made fun of Dean Malenko for three months. No one had seen and they, they, yeah, they ran him down and made him look like he was gone. And they had a cruiserweight battle royal, and most of the cruiserweights were luchadors, so they all wore masks. And the final two was a uh, Ciclope, who was all dressed head to toe in orange and black Halloween colors, and against Juventud Guerrero. And the winner would get a cruiserweight title shot at Chris Jericho as soon as the match, as soon as the battle royal was over. Well, it was Ciclope and Juventud Guerrero. Juventud Guerrero threw himself over the top rope, eliminating himself. And Chris Jericho was already in the ring waiting to fight Ciclope. And then Ciclope starts unmasking. And when he takes off his mask and he turns towards the hard camera and the entire arena sees his Dean Malenko, the place went banana. And that's he, not Ciclope. That's, that's Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, that is, I'll say this. That's my favorite pop. Yeah. Yeah. That moment, I was a huge Dean Malenko ev- fan. I'm with you. Everybody talks about WCW not being able to book their way out of a bag, but every now and then WCW booked it perfect. Gem. And I will defend also the finger poke of doom, but that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, H-M-T. not the finger poke itself, 
but the lead up. Yeah. But, but I, yeah, that that reveal uh, Craig and I and I'll, I'll tell Craig has a bookmark. Well, I hope he has a bookmark on the new network. Well, he can't bookmark it on the new network. But Craig and I used to have it saved on our network accounts yeah. just at the mo- right before he right before Hoover two jumps over the road. We would have that bookmark and watch it yeah. because it's one of the best moments and the lead up. And I will say this. My answer is. I think this was louder and I would like somebody to scientifically prove because that guys, you, you know, you guys know me all well. I think I've known that Vargas is a little longer than Craig, but virtually you guys know the drama and the backstory of HIAC and where it has been and where it's become and how jaded some of us me have become me. Uh, I thought I didn't care. And then he came out. And I got chills and I did care again. I was like, yeah, okay, that did it. That was it. And I, I will say whether we're debating if it was louder than Austin or Roadworth, I haven't heard it this loud since Austin. Yeah, never that was it. Yeah. Thank you, Craig. That was the point Austin. I was trying to make was yeah. it's been a long time since I felt anything about that wrestling. Loud. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. I think one of the other like loud pops was like when AJ debuted at the Rumble. Like that was pretty loud yeah. too. Yeah. Or yeah. also when the Hardys came back at WrestleMania. Oh yeah. There you go. Was, yeah. yeah. I jumped out of my chair. I was in someone else's living room and I jumped I, I, out. Of- well, well that, that's the thing too. Is like again, the other thing I'm saying too is like, I mean, yeah, there was like voices and everything, but like again, watch like the Austin videos anytime Austin came out or like, yeah. like yeah, yeah. the, crap, leap, like the it's just like to their feet. Pandemonium. Yeah. It's you also have to take into account that part of the problem is, and and I will and I will call this out. That everybody has to know. Can you imagine if we didn't have Dave Meltzer and fifty other fucking people on the internet writing that damn punk sign with AEW, and it just happened one day? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That definitely brings it down a little bit. What the hell? Like you hint, the company handles it right. The company hints a little bit that we have a big surprise, and it's Chicago. Wink. And then just let it happen. Like WCW doing Goldberg and oh, and not Joaquin Phoenix says he's watching sequel play Unmasking now. Watch it when you're not watching us so you can hear yeah, it. You got to hear, hear, hear it. You got to hear it. And um, look at the crowd. Don't look at the mask. Yeah, look at the crowd don't look, behind Yeah, watch everybody when he pops that mask off. Just watch. Uh, and this is Worcester Mass. So it's like, okay, well, at least they're fans. Um, uh, ADD, it's gone. Doesn't matter. I, oh, um. When when WCW did the lead up to Goldberg Hogan, they said on Thunder. By the way, Goldberg's fighting Hogan on Nitro. Oh, okay. And you heard how that placed, and you saw the ratings. Yeah. It didn't help in the long run, but still, that yeah. was a moment. Everybody has to know. Everybody needs to know now. Everybody wants the story to finish now, and that's why I thought I didn't care. But when it still happened, it was still. No, it was still. It was, and it was nice to see him back. Just shut up, Dave. Shut yeah. up. Shut up, yeah. internet. Shut the fuck up. Just let exactly. it happen. Yeah. Nevertheless, it was a great moment. Welcome back, CM Punk. Waiting to see what you what you do next and everything like that. Oh, he's, gonna right. wrestle, he's gonna wrestle. It was history making. He's gonna he's gonna wrestle the uh, sex fit pest. Sorry. <laughs> All right, moving on to SummerSlam. And now there's a couple of points here to jump in with SummerSlam. Oh, we got All more right. wrestling. Ooh. We're gonna start out with. Um, we're going to start out with Charlotte Flair. We all knew Charlotte was going to get the belt again and everything like that. No, we it didn't. Was, and, and, and 
the reason why we say that is because apparently it came out that they're giving her shorter runs to get her to the 16 faster. Uh, and I like that because now they are no longer <sighs> counting. They're no longer counting the NXT run. And we're going to get into that later. What? Uh, I like that. We're going to get into it later. Christ. So the NXT belt doesn't count in terms of her championship yeah. runs. So the reason why, again, she lost the night before after getting it was to get it off her so she could start building that thing. They're trying to get her up to number 16 faster. Um, and I felt like, okay, it was great. Nikki, Nikki Cross got a great shine and everything like that. But also it got obviously devalued because she was more so a tool for Charlotte to get to her 16. And she was the first step in it. Thoughts? It, to a slight extent, I feel very sorry for Charlotte. Why? Her last name mm-hmm. is what everybody banks on with her. Just and, regardless of how much she says she's trying to do her own yeah, thing. Yeah, and the thing is, she probably wants to do her own thing. And she wants, you know, the the higher-ups to be like, hey, you're going to get a title run. Or, hey, you're going to win the championship. On her own credibility. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they're just... Mirroring. Bank, mirroring and banking on her last name. Oh, you're a flair, so you got to have X amount of title runs. And I'm sure while part of her likes it, I'm sure there's a huge other part of her that's like, great, so you're going to give me 16 title shots because of my father's last name being my last name. And Yippity-dippity. Cool. Yeah. Like, the internet wrestling fans are so understanding. Yeah, it, it's like, I almost feel bad for her. Because she's, she's in a constant fight now. Yeah, because again, on one hand, I'm sure she, you know, th- being that she's older now, mm-hmm. I can see her younger kind of eating it up, you know, because that's what you would do. But being older now, I, I could almost see her like a fucking flair. Regardless why, of what I can't do. can't I just be Charlotte, yeah. you know? And it's like, I again, I, I kind of feel bad for it. Like, because... Yeah. I mean, again, I can't speak for her. I'm not her. But when she, when time come when she retires and she looks back at everything, is she going to look back at it and go, I had 16 plus title runs because I was good, because I was credible and they believed in me and my product? Or did I have 16 plus just because they wanted me to outnumber my father's run? You know, like I feel bad. I think it's a double-edged sword with her because... Uh, it's one thing to be, uh, put it this way, if her last name wasn't Flair, she would still be at the top of where she is because she is that good. Oh, yeah, she, yeah, she absolutely. Is, and that's why I think it's a, it's a double-edged sword. So I, well, I, I hear what you're saying, Fox, and that you, uh, if they are, in fact, doing that because of her last name and because they've already lost, you know, her, her dad was released from the company, I mm-hmm. guess it, it could be their way to make good. But, um, and I get it in a in a nepotism type of way, but the, she is that good, and she is yeah. the the best. Day. I I wasn't thrilled about her winning again because that spot should be Rhea Ripley's. Um, to me, uh, Rhea Ripley is your your female equivalent of The Rock, and she should be on top. If we were having a great age, she'd be in my top four, and she would never lose to anyone under any circumstances, not to Nikki, or you know even to. Uh, even to, to Charlotte, she should be at the at the top. Um, so no, I wasn't thrilled that she she won the championship, and uh, but because she is that good, um, that's why where it belongs. Go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. No, no, I was saying don't dumb to me. I have nothing to say about this. I, I, 
Okay. Yeah, at the I, end of the day, again, I, I'm not the uh, I'm not the biggest Charlotte fan for for certain reasons and everything like that. But the one thing I've always told her, and I've said it to her, and they're like, she's the one I talk wrestling with. I will not knock the fact that she is definitely like the best worker out of the mm-hmm. work wise. She's the best worker, yeah. but also. You don't want the comparisons to your father. You're always saying that. Stop moving like him. Stop doing his gestures. Stop doing everything that he does. Might help a little bit. Because at the end of the day, no matter how you're saying, I'm creating my own legacy, you do a, you mirror oh, him from the beginning to the end. Yeah, right, down to the, right down to the ropes. Right down to the ropes. The, the way he, hits the, he used to hit the ropes in the beginning. Yeah. And ev- yeah. you do everything. You right. do everything. So don't say you're trying to create your own. Is legacy. that her or is that them? That the WWE talent here to play it up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whatever. And I think honestly, you know, again, it, it it's been put out there. Vince is a big Ric Flair fan all his life, and anything like that. So at the end of the day, you've attested it. It's good, and it's going to happen. And that's why we're going to see her lose again shortly, and she's going to get again because they're trying to rush her to the 16th. Uh, Dan, do you have any final points on the Charlotte thing before we move on? I just wanted to add on uh, two things. Uh, well, I wanted to add on one thing and wanted to ask one question from the chat. Uh, Ripley is a beast and her run should last for years. I just wanted to double down on what Craig said, not Joaquin Phoenix said that. Thank uh, you. Rhea, Rhea Ripley, yes. Rhea Ripley is your... Uh, Rhea Ripley should be where Nyla Rose should be in AEW, yeah, which is on top, killing everybody. Yeah. But... Yeah. You know, sometimes you can't always get you what you want, but you can't what you need. Uh, there's a reference R- to Charlie R- Watts. R- Charlie Watts. Yeah, yes, he wasn't even on that track, but still. Uh, that's good. Uh, not Joaquin Phoenix asks, and we'll just leave it to the two wrestlers on this one. Can Charlotte rebrand at this point? Yes. She can totally rebrand. She, that, that, cool. See, this is where her name comes into play in a good perspective. Because of who she is, she can't. Because of who she is, she can say, hey, I'm going to dial this down a bit. She could say she has an unspoken power in being a flair to not necessarily make demands, but very stern requests that would more than likely be listened to. I mean, shit, she did not get reprimanded for skipping a house show in her hometown that she was advertised on that fans went to go see because it was in her hometown to go watch her fiance and her father at EW. Yeah. She has leverage. And if she wanted to use leverage to rebrand, she absolutely easily could. Absolutely. And again, I'm going to piggyback on what she said. Because this, this, this Charlotte situation with the house show that she mentioned was literally only about two, maybe three weeks ago tops. Yeah. She was booked for a house show in their hometown. Tickets sold because of her. Charlotte's in Charlotte. And everything like that. And she... Bailed on it to go to AAA to go yeah. watch her fiance yeah, okay. and everything like that. And had anybody else, anybody else, male, female, had done that in the company, do you think they would still get the, they still be in the position or spot they were in? They just no. Might have. No. That shows she does have some leverage. So if you actually do truly have desire to break it out on your own, she can do that. She could turn around and say, "All right, look." This is what I want to do. I really want to go with, let's drop Flair from my name. Let's do Charlotte. Let me redesign myself. I'll come out of promo, promo and we can make it a whole thing. It says, you know, this whole marketing machine want to be my dad. At the end of the day, I've said it over and over again. 
I want to be my own legacy. I want to be my own person. And they've still had me do these things. Well, now you're going to see what I do. From there, she can either change. become the biggest baby face for being Charlotte and being her own person, or she could be the biggest heel and either they way to have work. in being anti-flair. It would be amazing. I We just wrote a fucking storyline better than creative did. Damn it. And there's your answer. So you, can she rebrand herself? Five. Absolutely. She has the leverage to do it because at this point also, WWE, it, they're not saying it, but they are in a competition. They're, they're, they're not going to want to let her go for anything. And we're going to get into, uh, for instance, like Adam Cole, and we're going to get into that a little bit. They were doing everything possible to keep Adam Cole. Do you think they're not going to work 10 times harder to keep Charlotte Flair? Hmm. Again, she, belt, she bailed on a house show in her hometown that she sold tickets for and everything like that. They're going to do everything possible to keep her where she's at. They're not going to want to let her go at all because obviously right out the gate, she goes, they know the first place she's going is AEW. That's the first place she's going. And then she's going to NWA because why not? Her father's made a name in the NWA. So what better place to make her legacy bigger than the NWA? So she's got that clout. She's got that position to do that should she choose to want to do that. There you go. All right. Anybody else okay. on the Charlotte Flair thing before moving on? Nope. Okay. Moving on to the next thing. And this is, again, this is going to go in steps. The uh, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks portion. I'm sitting this one out. All right. So there was a lot of buildup on this match. But then um, a week or two prior, there was a house show and they had announced um, due to unforeseen circumstances, Bianca and Sasha were not uh, at the show. Um, so then, you know, a lot of people were like, ooh, what's going on there? Could it be? And since it was the two of them, since they've been working together, of course, a lot of people thought, ooh, could it be a COVID thing? You know, because mm -hmm. again, they're working closer together. There's a possibility. That was like a very real possibility. Then the SmackDown rolled around and um, Sasha wasn't there. Bianca worked. So it was like, okay, what's going on with Sasha? And everything like that. And then Sasha, on the Friday, I'm going to let you take this really, really quick, had some interesting like social media posts on the Friday, the night of SmackDown, which had people wondering if she was going to be there or not. So where she posted... what uh, she, she had posted that it's something about it, today is a very happy day. And then shit. something about Light It Up, which was referenced to like an AJ Lee song. Yeah. So I thought maybe she was messing with people a little bit. Come Saturday the day of SummerSlam. Pre-show all the way up until the match. They aired the promo packages as if the match was going to take place the whole way through. So mm -hmm. everybody's like, okay, we haven't heard it. I guess this is happening. Well, again, all the way up to the match, they aired it. Bianca Belair comes to the ring. Da -da -da -da, and I've always, I'm always a big advocate is challenger comes up first, champion comes out second. That's tradition. That's always. just me, folks. I'm and not just that situation, Jenna, because they did it a couple times and they've done it over the years. I always champion comes out second, period. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's just a thing. It's a formality. Yeah, but anyway, Bianca's out there. She's raring to go. People waiting for that Sasha music to hit. And even I was, I was like, oh, because I was curious. I was like, okay, so where you had this big buildup and nothing in the last 24 hours. Okay, so I guess we're getting this. And then they announced Carmella. And it was like, no explanation. Uh, commentary didn't even really, after that point, commentary made no, no mention of Sasha other than whatever. Nothing, nothing. 
uh, on on that. And then you know, Carmella did her deal, and then of course it led to Becky coming out. Big pop. Big pop. Huge, huge, huge pop, as expected. Right. Now, we have our theories on this. We're going to get that in a second. Now, Becky gets in the ring. Huge pop. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gets rid of Carmella. Now, in our opinion, okay, was Car- was anybody going to really be interested in Carmella and, and Bianca being we've already seen it? No. So, at first, like, oh, maybe a three-way dance or whatever like that. Could have dealt with that. And it's a nice, though she was in great shape and though she's been training, She's your top dollar woman and everything like that. Bring her in easy so that way she don't get hurt first night of the game. That's what I was thinking. Then she they did what she did with Carmella and they ousted her and they did what they did. Here's where things go awry. You know, she has the quick moment and rolls up Bianca quick. So, of course, everybody gets pissed because Bianca just had this big, huge stellar match at, at a Mania. She's been doing a pretty decent job, you know, creating her, herself and her brand and her legacy. Only for that to happen. Now, was it shitty? Yes, absolutely shitty. Was the decision made that? Now, here's where the speculation comes in. Was the decision made that way? One, let's get Becky in and out quick, just so we don't want her to get hurt because she just comes back. The other thought that we had was, which again, everybody's talking about how fast Becky beat Bianca. But what we're talking about, what what, what nobody's talking about is the big element is the Sasha Banks thing. So supposedly Becky wasn't due back to October, November. Was her coming back like literally a desperate call from WWE to say, look, we have whatever this situation is going with Sasha. That we can't speculate what it is. We need you like tonight because we need something big tonight. So we have nothing planned or whatever like that. We just need you to come out, get the pop, get the belt back. And unfortunately, it backfired, or at least, or at least on paper it did. That might have been the plan because now, obviously, the plan is to make Becky this big, huge heel because now she is. <laughs> she she's a huge heel now. Period. You know, people are really, really pissed because they they did Bianca dirty and everything like that. But again, you're missing the key element, which is the Sasha Banks thing. So the big question is, and then there was speculation. You know, did Sasha? not want to do it because maybe this was the plan and Sasha was like, hey, what did I do all this promote for anything if you're going to make it about Becky in the end? Screw it. I'm not doing it. That's a possibility. But then again, what? there's so many variables. What's Again, everybody's talking about Bianca, Becky. What's going on with Sasha? Yeah, I, I will say that um, right before SummerSlam, during the kickoff show, I saw she was trending on Twitter. And it just said Sasha Banks is not going to be at SummerSlam. Summer, and and I was waiting for someone to say something on the kickoff show or even and during they kept rolling with it, yeah. yeah, and nobody said anything. So uh, no explanation was given, at least not on Twitter. It was just the announcement came over Sasha Banks will not be at SummerSlam. Yeah, in the and match. It, yeah, and if but if the idea was I don't sympathy, I don't know why. Carmella was necessary anyway, especially yeah. if you're going to the ring, you introduce Bel Air first, which I agree, I hate Damien Champion should always go in second. But obviously they're setting something up. So it's like they announced then they can announce then that Sasha Banks isn't here. Uh and Bianca Belair needs an opponent. And then you hit Becky's music. Because I don't know what you if you're gonna just dis- why was Carmella there in the first place? Yeah, what uh, was if, the point? 
yeah. So if, especially if you knew that Becky was there and she was going to and she was going to get the loudest, why not just have well do like the the Ultimate Warrior, uh, Honky Talk Man Intercontinental Title change. Everyone knew that in that case, everyone knew Beefcake wasn't going to be there, and Honky Tonk Man went on, went ahead. So oh, I need, I need a opponent. Someone get somebody out here. And the music hits, another big pop. You know, Ultimate Warrior SummerSlam '88, huge. Um, they could have done that right here with uh, Becky. So I don't know why. I feel bad for Carmella. You said earlier, Fox. You feel bad for Charlotte. I feel bad for Carmella to to walk all the way out yeah. there, to, the thirty mile walk out to the ring to, to oh, do nothing. God, yeah. All right. Um, look, I think Bianca was always set to lose, regardless. Uh, because just, just how? Well, was. they because the entire build up to this, they were pegging her as the rookie, the rookie, the rookie. You know that you know she got lucky, blah blah blah. So yeah. I do think that she was going to drop the title, regardless. Um, as far as uh, see the the Sasha Banks thing, it hits me a little bit differently, only because, you know. People gave Vince and every person in WWE so much shit for Keith Lee not being around. And you don't hear them saying a peep about precious little fucking Sasha. And I think that's, I think it's honestly unfair. Just let it out. Because, let, just because, let it out. I know you've been waiting for this. Let this out. I know. I'm getting there. Because, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, fans. Nerd you guys rage. Have, fans have no entitlement to know a person's business, why they're not being used, et cetera, which I agree with. But if you're going to give Keith Lee that same, that treatment online, you know, from reporters to fucking dirt sheets, the fans, if you guys are all going to sit there every single minute of every single day, speculating why they're not using Keith Lee and, you know, in a sense, giving Keith Lee his own anxiety, like, holy shit, I need to say something, but I can't give that same treatment to fucking Sasha. Okay. Now, it is like no secret to people that are not the Sasha stands that she goes into business for herself a lot. A lot of the times that she's been out, not on injury, have been of her own volition. I lost my smile and all this other shit. Gaining, gaining, trying to gain the same Charlotte clout so that she can, in essence, get what she wants or do what she wants. And this all just seems real dick. It, it, there's no other th this is quite literally the equivalent of what this bitch in tna did when she had a title match and she just took got the title and then never did a match after that i'm not even saying her name because i hate that cunt so but this is literally the same thing dan you know who i'm talking about the one that would wrestle the wife beater oh that fucking bitch yeah because i said it even if at the end of the day, maybe she disagreed with Becky coming back, or maybe she just disagreed with having to, having, put, Bianca having to put Bianca over or having to take the title away from Bianca so soon, it's fucking business. You're doing it not just for yourself, but for Bianca. This is something called a bigger scheme here. And it just... Again, whether or not the Becky thing was planned or unplanned, at the end of the day, Sasha fucked Bianca, period. And nobody on God's green earth is talking about Sasha 
fucking Bianca's SummerSlam moment they, because they, Sasha Banks is precious to everybody, and I don't understand that. Becky's getting the heat. Bianca's getting and she's the embracing pity. and she's embracing it. You know, Bianca's getting the pity over this, and Sasha's sitting at her fucking house somewhere in Massachusetts with Snoop Dogg, like oh, I'm fine, I'm clear, and it's like you just fucked everybody. People are talking about it, but she's getting defended because she's Sasha Banks. The Sasha Banks stands are the most toxic thing about yes. the internet wrestling community. I try not to engage with any she of them. She never does anything wrong. I cannot. I cannot. I've I think she's a, a terrible person. I think she's a terrible person. So. She is, but that's beyond the point. But again, at the end of the day, you know, whether or not this Becky thing was planned or unplanned, I personally think it's unplanned. Because Becky is an internet troll. If she was at the venue, she'd have been trolling she it. She would have been trolling it like crazy. Which she didn't Instagram. do all day. Which she didn't do all day. You know? And on top of that, the shirt that she wear that she wore, um, the man like the Vegas one, they didn't sell it. That was her shirt. They didn't which have you that can for get sale. Made on the Vegas strip, like at Seaside. Yeah, you can get that made once, and then I'm sure they probably have a screen printer right there. They got everything. It, like in the, in, the, in the back seat, so they probably yeah she probably had it printed right away i think she was there with her husband like last minute call up like out. look we need you we need to do this you know? and at the end of the day becky didn't fuck bianca again that's that's management's decision how they're going to portray this and how they're going to do this sasha fucked up the angle sasha fucked the match sasha fucked bianca okay that that's the bottom line of that the big becky Embraced the heat though, because now she's obviously knows she's going heel, and she's embracing it, which is smart. Which is smart because, like, all right, look, we, we got the pop we wanted, fine. We screwed the pooch on how we handled it, but you know what? This is how we're gonna fix it. I'm a heel now. But this is the other part of like the internet wrestling community that had my brain going haywire though is how they're smart enough. To blame Vince and blame creative. And blame Becky. For, no, no, no. Blame Vince and blame creative for all this shit going wrong. Carrying Cross's gear looking like shit. For so-and-so getting buried, blah, blah, blah. But when it came to this match, it's all Becky's fault. It's yeah, it not, was Becky's. It's not creative. It's not Vince. It all falls on her. And it's so aggravating. It's like, Wow. I'm glad you guys are being fans all of a sudden and suspending your belief. But again, the, the treatment that reporters, dirt sheets, and then quote unquote fans give to select people over others, it makes my brain bleed. D dare I say, I don't even I don't even think Becky has the pull that Charlotte yeah. has. Becky doesn't as big as she is. Becky doesn't have the pull that Charlotte has. It also even seems Becky doesn't have the pull Sasha has. Because when Sasha went on her long break, part of the deal was to get her back was, we're going to give you the belt. We're going to give you the belt to break Bailey's thing and everything like that. So anyway, you guys' opinion on this whole trifecta, Bianca, Becky, Sasha thing. Go. Go, Dan. You don't Greg. Oh. Dan's got nothing. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, um, I just like to know where Sasha is or what the uh, what the actual story is. I don't know if we ever will get it or ever won't get it, but um, yeah, the the biggest victims in this are are Bianca and and Carmella. Again, she did if that was the whole idea, she didn't need to be there. I don't know why they had to trot her out. 
at all to be a part of this. But uh, I, I agree with you, Fox. I don't understand the double standard, why uh, Keith Lee can get that type of uh, sympathy or no one uh, calls in question Sasha, Sasha's motive or her behavior. Because, again, like you alluded to, this is not the first time he's taken a ball and gone home. Yeah. I, I want to bring up the Keith Lee thing real quick uh, before we end this discussion and you take back over. Um, we were talking about the Keith Lee thing at nauseum on HIAC, Craig and I. Yeah. Assuming the, the same old Vince McMahon promoter, writer, under booking bullshit. And then as soon as we found out what was going on, I texted Craig because we weren't supposed to do another show because I was on vacation. First vacation since lockdowns and, and COVID. Was visiting family. I called Craig. I said, we got to record something because we got to my bad this. And I know that we don't have a large following. It doesn't matter. Everybody, not everybody. That's incorrect. There were so many people when the news came out about Keith Lee crapping on both of them and his wife, Mia Yim, who is her own, and I said it on that show, and I'll say it here, who is her own fucking person and her name in wrestling, so show some fucking respect, assholes, who were telling them that they should have told them they should have known. And it's none of your business. I will say that again. None of your business. What's going on in that man's personal life or her personal life? It never was. So as soon as that news came out, that what actually happened with Keith? And we almost lost that dude. I got Craig on the show and we said, we were wrong. Sorry. This is what happened. This is how you should be reacting. This is not what not to do. Uh, it, it amazes me. Whatever's going on with Sasha. I don't. I never got Sasha. There is, I, I liked her for a little while. I got caught up in the hype at the peak when they were doing the main events and then in, in the hell in the cell and doing those spots. I was like, this is really good. And my love for Sasha, not the women's division, just Sasha Banks ended very quickly. And then of course she hear because again, it goes back to the dirt sheets. You happen hearing a little too much about their personal lives. And I'm like, I really don't like this person. I don't care. So and then it, the aspect of what happened on SummerSlam didn't even occur to me until you guys just started bringing it up. What even happened? So I don't know how to react. Uh, I do know that Bianca Belair, even though she probably was booked to lose anyway, what uh, uh, Foxy said, got the short fucking end of the stick. And there better be a bill to next year's WrestleMania where she gets that shit back. Because all it looks like is, is a bunch of PO, uh, people of color lost a bunch of fucking titles on in SummerSlam. And I don't have an argument against it as a pale white Italian guy. Anyway, folks. But yes. Okay, so folks, unfortunately, due to time on Twitch and everything like that, we're actually going to part two this. And we are going to multiverse. And we're going to take part two. Into hell in the cell on what night in time, Dan? Uh, Wednesday night. Uh, I will talk to you guys off air, but it's going to be when that has next Wednesday at around nine fifteen. I'll explain to you guys off air uh, what's going on because we because this is a good thing because we're probably not going to have a nerd herders in September, which I'll also explain off air. 
Yeah. So again, we apologize for this is more of a time thing because we literally only covered half, but half of the wrestling topic. But we got here. But we got a bunch of people in the chat who have been regulars at Nerd Herders and know all of us through you guys as well, who are like, you guys should cover wrestling more. I said, well, we do it every Wednesday anyway. Who are going to come back? So not Joaquin Phoenix and Chucky Nabala and everybody else who's in the chat will be coming back Wednesday when we're live. It's usually at eight o'clock, but next week it will be at nine. Uh, follow all the social media accounts. I'll have the time right this time, and I already have the schedule pre-made part two. Uh, for part two because we got a lot of more topic. It's been a long day, so we must end the show. Why did I just say, uh, um, Santiago? I am very glad you enjoyed all my facial reactions as he spoke about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, at one point, uh, he said, sensei, that makes very much, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you were saying so, yeah. and see, even if I'm right or wrong about wrestling, when I'm wrong, I want these two to tell me because, you know, they did the thing, but anyway, oh, I did almost about two decades of it. Uh, know, all fame, all fame, what all the fuck would that. you know? Yeah. Right. God, the ego. <laughs> uh, oh, it gets so big. <laughs> but again, guys, thank you so much. And again, we apologize. We're gonna cut short because of time. But it's my me, fault. It's not. my responsibility, oh, no, guys. Okay. But don't worry. Part two will be a week from today. Or is it a week or two weeks? Next week. Next no, week, next yes. week. Next week, week from today. For part for part two. Thank you. Of this amazing topic that we are not done with. Craig, do your thing, man. Only you do it as good as you do. Oh, please, Damien. No one does it as good as you do. That's why you're married and have so many kids. Because you, you, you do it. That's that true. Good. I mean, I you know. You know. With the, with the man is right, quick he's right. Quick, really quick homicide story. Really quick. I hadn't seen homicide in a few years. And we had already had to. And then we were at a show that we were working against. She was pregnant with a third child. And homicide. And I go way back. Like, wait, homicide goes. Get away from me before you get me pregnant. <laughs> he walked away. I, I have a side comment about homicide. Homicide is one of the nicest sons of bitches that I ever, and he, and, and if he ever gets wind of this, you'll know I mean that in a very respectful way. He's one of the funnest, nicest, gets it guys I've ever seen in a locker room. One of the funniest moments was at Nova with him just chucking basketballs uh, to end the big, uh, uh, clusterfuck at the end where everybody was fighting each other he just we're at a gym he just pulls the rack of basketballs and just starts chucking balls at people laugh trying to not laugh as he goes back behind the fucking uh, awesome yeah hey, one home, Craig. yes one of the funnest people that's ever been in a wrestling ring named homicide oh, <laughs> yeah, let's, not, let's not forget that name yeah. Is homicide. And with that, I see by the old sundial on the wall that uh, we have come to the end of our time of the month. Uh, we want to thank everyone for staying with us, listening, and watching uh, us uh, indulge in our nerd like fantasies and get so many things off our chest that have been bothering us, pent up, stored up all month. And now we get to spew it all out on you. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, and you, the party doesn't, and, and while this party ends, and you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, but you can follow us in our in your cyber stalking ways in your off time. Uh, me, for example, on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Lagon, C R A I G L I W G E O N S. Damien, I think you'll Foxy. Well. 
we know she can't die. She's the cockroach of this uh, podcast. Nuclear blast. She'll still be here. Besides, she's got a book to finish. Hey, Fox. Uh, yeah. Hi. You want to tell us where we can follow you and your uh, your adventures? Yeah, you can follow me. <laughs> and it's, don't on, cry, sweetie. It's almost over. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, Pinterest, all those social media platforms. At Viva Foxy Foxy, that's V-I-V-A-F-O-X-Y-F-O-X-X-Y. If you would like to support the efforts of getting my book to an editor, there's also Patreon.com slash Foxy Foxy. Might want to hop in on that soon for these past incentives that are currently up and only accessible via Patreon because I'm pretty sure that it's going to be closing down soon. So get on that. Watch the old shit now. I have other plans. No worries. And the Only fans, of- finally! <laughs> yes, the, 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 <laughs> the name of the upcoming book, uh, of course, is uh, Tell Me Who I'm Supposed to Be, uh, A Life in and Out of the Ring by the beautiful Veronica Vargas. So please, uh, please support our local artists. Uh, Dane, where can people follow you? Uh, you can catch me on uh, regularly on the uh, on the Clark Kent account at dvargas802 on Instagram. Uh, as far as my karate teachings, if you're within the New Jersey area close to Passaic, you can follow uh, Kai to find out all the information about my karate school and everything like that. Other than that, all the topics tonight and more that we spoke about in the Nerds News Roundup, you can follow on Facebook at Nerd Herders Rebooted. Reboot. And Mr. Kalachiko, uh, the mayor of Wiener, Wienerville. Or I'm sorry, Wienerzilla. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take it. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, follow me on all social media platforms at DanLaw83 and YouTube. The all the old. Hey, everybody in the chat. Old episodes of uh, Nerd Herders rebooted. YouTube.com/slash DanLaw83. YouTube that bitch. And uh, like Damien alluded to, uh, for more wrestling talk, if you enjoyed this aspect of Nerd Herders rebooted, uh, join us on HIAC Talk Radio. Uh, this uh, coming Wednesday at a special time at 9 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, for my uh, nerd herd compadres, uh, Dan Calachico, the beautiful Damian Vargas, and the okay-looking Veronica Vargas, Foxy Foxy, this has been... Ow! Got it right on the bullseye. That's on camera. That's and on camera. The abuse is on camera. Yes documented for further proof and we'll see that uh we'll see you guys in court and we'll see you sometime in the future on nerd herders wave goodbye everybody bye